Welcome to Inside the Economy from Sharky Hasenjaver. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me for this edition. Quick update on the numbers. The uh, first estimate for fourth quarter GDP in the U.S., 2.6. Great. That's a good number. Anytime GDP comes in higher than inflation, and if you've been paying attention, you know that that's higher than inflation, it's fine. It will probably be estimated up over the next couple of months. They never come out with just an announcement of what GDP is. They come out with three estimates. That's fine. Uh, inflation crept up a little tiny bit. We're at uh, about 1.7 on the PCE. Great. That'll help. I think that will ins inspire the Federal Reserve to do a rate increase here in March. More about that later. Oil is up in the mid-60s. We've talked about how their target price is probably 60, but uh, I don't think it'll go to 80s. I don't think you'll see $3 unleaded gas in the foreseeable future. There's too many people in the marketplace waiting to join the fray, specifically the Shell oil people here in the U.S. Uh, mortgages, they're like four and a quarter. We'll get to that in a minute. Part of the rate increase. Bitcoin and all the cryptocurrencies have been back in the media. And I think the Bitcoin really holds the record now for spectacular flashes in the marketplace. Here's some numbers of those of you who remember the old NASDAQ crash of a long time ago. Hardly noticeable. Bitcoin there in black, uh, 61 times its original offering price. Interesting bubble. The other ones are the tulip fiasco in the 1700s, 1500s actually. And the other ones are the ones I dug up from Mississippi and the South Seas via the French in the 1700s. They were spectacular, but now they've been eclipsed by Bitcoin. We'll see what the cryptocurrencies do. These things are going to have a sorting out period for the next few years, but they're not going away. There's probably a viable future for whatever cryptocurrency survives the marketplace. Consumers outspending, doing a pretty good job. You don't even have to rate for final retail sales. I always go look at the savings rate. Well, the savings rate is headed back down to where it was in about 2006. They're spending it. They're not saving it. That, that happens. It's fine. It'll bake this Christmas uh, pretty good. Not a record holder, but pretty good. Mortgages are, uh, are off a little bit. Rates are going up. I think I've mentioned before that a 5% mortgage is really almost unacceptable through a typical mortgage buyer these days. I think there are so many people that have never heard of a double-digit mortgage or anything in the sevens or eights, so five is really a killer number. Four and a quarter today, by the time we get through with these rate increases, we might be approaching the magic number of five. Uh, the last bit on inflation, which is still one of the things we really want in this economy, I dug this stuff up on healthcare. We know there isn't any inflation in energy. We know there isn't any in uh, imported stuff. There isn't any in too many loans to pay. 
So healthcare has been the last big industry that's brought it into the system. And if you'll notice, uh, it's not contributing to inflation at all. In fact, it's a detractor. Even nursing home, hospital fees, physician services, everything is down. It's not going to continue to go down, but it's way down. Their growth in charges is under 1%. That's technology, and that's not going away. So you'll also hear a lot about the dollar here recently and what went on in Davos between Secretary Mushin and President Trump. Politicians never guide or have anything in the way of influence in where a currency goes. Currencies are traded by about 230 people across the globe. They understand what politicians say, they understand the numbers, they understand interest rates and all the other factors. But they are traders, so they want movement. The dollar is actually adjusting down to its 200-day moving average. This number goes all the way back to 85. It's a good number. The trend is slightly down because there is a reasonable amount of debt in the U.S., but the dollar is just getting to a place of normalcy. If you have a weak currency and you export stuff, your stuff is cheaper. Great. If you're going to do more exporting out of the United States, it's better. If you are a customer of the United States, China, Canada, and Mexico, we are their client base. They would just soon have a stronger dollar because their stuff is cheaper and easier to come on board. It'll work out. The 200-day moving average will probably be crossed on the downside, and then the dollar will come back up. The euro is at 123. It probably ought to stay there, maybe, maybe 127. We'll know more in a few months after these rate increases are over. A lot of new money in the markets. This is globally. By the way, this was last week. That $35 billion went in all the equities, went in the equity markets all over the world. Europe, Hong Kong, about $7 billion of it went in the U.S. Still a lot of free money that we've talked about a lot floating around the marketplace. I think this year is going to be a good year globally. We've talked about that. Foreign private purchases of U.S. equities are up. This is the 12-month sum, total sum of equity purchases, nets. And yeah, we're at about 85 billion over the last 12 months. I think that's going to go up for a little while. Again, it's a very attractive place to invest. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to shift into bonds here for a minute or two. This is the typical defined benefit plan, traditional pension plan, state, local, those that have these residual old-style pension plans. They've shifted over the years to about 65% equities, 65% stock, 35% bonds. The glory days of real high total return in bonds is over. That probably ended eight years ago. So bonds are going to be a relatively important asset class going forward for security and income. It's just never going to have the position that it used to. Back in the 90s and late 80s, there were more bonds in pension plans than equities. Well, the markets were performing differently then. The tide has turned. The uh, 
a little arithmetic here for you. When you hear in the media, the overnight cost of money, that's the Fed funds rate. They're the same. It's one and a half. The Fed is going to push that up, and I'm thinking on the outside, to two and a quarter by the end of 2018. Maybe three by the end of 2019. That's a lot. Doubling Fed funds in two years is a lot. Not historically, but it is in a low inflation environment that we have right now. Investors, as a rule, if you want a total return on your bond, and banks who want a profitable loan really don't want to own bonds in an environment when rates are going up. Because long-term bonds come down, short-term come up, and if you can get the same return on owning something short, like the expression says, why go long? The 10-year closed last week at 2.6, and at about 8.30 this morning, it was 2.66. By noon, it was 2.69. The price is dropping, not precipitously. It's adjusting to the marketplace. Yield goes up on a bond, the price is going down. Bonds are gonna go down for a while. Your bond positions are gonna be a little bit negative, flat for a while. And by that, I don't mean by the end of 2018, they will have probably recovered by then. But that's what happens in an environment when the Fed is pushing rates, and they are gonna push rates. Uh, we'll watch the 10-year, there's a great adage out there, you watch the 10-year to find out if the Fed has gone too far. Every time the 10-year goes up, and it has been going up, and I mean yields going up, the Fed and the market are sort of on the same page, and the Fed increases, it's fine. Yields go up. If the Fed pushes up and the 10-year does nothing, just sits there, well, that's basically a market signal saying, that's enough, don't crank the rates anymore, the market won't take it. If they keep pushing anyway, if the Fed keeps pushing anyway, and the 10-year goes down, the yield goes down, well, they've probably gone too far. Uh, it's been known to happen, it hasn't been in a while, but it kind of looks like this. I mean, this is the Fed funds rate back to the 80s. Generally, they stop and hold in hopes that they haven't gone too far, and as you notice, the little gray areas pops the recession after they stop. They've done a fairly good job in the, in the past 25 years, and there's no reason to believe that Chairman Powell, who's taking over from Janet Yellen uh, Wednesday, won't do the same. He's a bright guy. So was Chairman Yellen, who did a great job in her tenure. I think the, uh, the rates are gonna go up. They're not gonna go up as far as a lot of people will tell you, because I think the marketplace is very, very sensitive to mortgage rates. That's where a huge amount of money gets spent they're not gonna try and push that past five. Well, you can quote me on that, but that's a big number. Finally, these are the people that are most sensitive to it. The six and a quarter trillion in treasuries are foreign-owned, foreign banks, institutions, very important money for them. They need a high-quality liquid asset. Households, foreign and domestic, banks, pension plans, and the like. They hold the majority of the on-the-run treasuries, and they're a little sensitive to where rates are gonna go. I think this Fed will do a fine job. The, uh, finally, those of you that follow technical indicators, like I do sometimes, I think there's a pretty good chance we'll have a stock market correction here in the first quarter. 
It'd be great if it was 10%, recover very quickly. It might be a little dramatic if it were 20%, might take an extra day or two to recover, but it still won't be bad. It'd be nice to have a correction in the system. We haven't had one in a long time. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much your economic update for now. I appreciate you joining me and I hope to see you next time.